Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Happy to introduce my guest today, Cassandra Michaud, the COO of Elevate Cannabis. That's L-E-L-E-V with an eight, cannabis. Cassandra is a marketing professional who's worked in various retail management positions, strategizing business development and sales training to drive record-breaking revenue margins. Since then, she briefly managed Elevate Cannabis's Oregon store before becoming Elevate's operational manager, coaching store managers across all locations while learning about the cannabis industry and the unique and varied needs of cannabis businesses. As COO, Cassandra offers firsthand experience into each role they offer at Elevate. Welcome to the show today, Cassandra. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate everything that NCIA does in the industry with protecting the legal cannabis through policy reform, advocacy, networking, and marketing. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, thank you so much for those words. And your company has definitely gotten very involved in NCIA. Uh, Your CEO, Shayun Adetaji, sits on our board of directors and has also stepped up to become one of our uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion sponsors as well, which we'll talk more a bit about that later for sure. But I'd like to get to know a little bit more about you and your background and some of uh, your background before moving into this cannabis space. What'd you do before all this? I went down the college route. I was not 100% sure what I wanted to do for the rest of my life at 18. Um, That's a daunting quest, as I'm sure a lot of people can agree. I followed that structured path in hopes that I would find my passion along the way. I was lucky enough to run into public relations. Um, I majored in public relations for my undergrad It was a very vast yet necessary tool that I saw that was needed in every industry. Mm -hmm. Um, So after getting my undergrad, I started working at a front desk of a waxing salon, kind of interesting. So in the beauty industry, but I just needed to be making money Um, in the pursuit of my next big move. I couldn't just graduate and not be making money. Um, I fell in love with that brand and the message was making people feel amazing and better walking out than how they walked in. So I was really about that. I hustled my way into store management very quickly. And then I was able to be a regional operator for that company where I coached management teams trained on various different product lines and spearheaded KPI growth. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Love hearing about that hustle. Awesome. <laughs> so what made you uh, hustle your way into the cannabis industry, which is a very complicated, highly regulated industry and still federally illegal? What's what's your story for moving into this space? I love to say that I thrive in chaos. Um, the, I, I always start with that, but in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, I was, as a regional operator, I had to lay off a ton of people. I was working from home and I was spending a lot of time as we all were uh, reflecting on what I wanted to do and how I could expand on that idea of making everyone feel amazing in their own skin, but translating that into a really a, what I see as a global support of the plant that I've known used and loved for over a decade. So it was a lot of time spent at home reflecting on what I wanted to do that was a little bit bigger and that had more of an impact on a national level. Um, growing up in Idaho, this conquest, it did not seem anywhere near attainable. You always <laughs> have to know someone that knows yeah. someone too, right? Um, but it is something that as cliche as it sounds, I wanted every day that I worked towards something to be impactful. Like I say, I was very intrigued. It's funny. It was on 420 of 2019 um, that I learned about different organizations, Last Prisoner Project, and the different groups that were working in regards to those negatively affected by the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. That really pushed me into looking into Oregon, very close to Idaho. <laughs> um, and so just looking into a state that seemed familiar to me and I got on Indeed and I started filling out applications like crazy. And as you stated in the beginning, I started with Elevate as a store manager. So it wasn't a linear move into a different industry. Um, a lot of change happened, but I was really drawn to Shayun's story and what he was able to do with Elevate. And it completely aligned with that ethos of making everyone feel like they are gold or also working towards the social equity piece, because to me, that's that's taking your daily work and making a true impact in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a great path uh, and, and story of how you got there. Uh, and Oregon is a beautiful state. I just love the Pacific Northwest. I got to I weathered the recession of 2009, 10, and 11 in Portland, Oregon, <laughs> and it was beautiful. And even though adult use cannabis was not quite legal uh, then, um, it was it was a much different um, experience than in in rural Maryland, where I had been living before. So, uh, yeah, Oregon's just a gorgeous state, and they they grow some great cannabis up there as well. Uh, so here you are now, Cassandra. You're the COO of Elevate Cannabis. Let's talk more about Elevate and what's going on with the company and some of the things we mentioned earlier about your further involvement in NCIA. Absolutely. So as a company right now, 
just a short background. Uh, we started in 2017 and Oregon is where our first location, first license was one. So that is our home base. But out in the state of Massachusetts, we have three licenses. Our biggest priority for 2021 is to execute on the build out of our two retail facilities, as well as chasing more licenses in Illinois. We are on a mission of treating everyone like gold and we wanna spread it across the nation without sacrificing our core values. So that also comes with chasing capital, but making relationships for all the right reasons and making sure it's a win-win for everybody. Um, but it's really important for us and for me as a company, uh, there's a lot of bright minds in this industry. And so to foster leadership and ownership is a really, really core value that drew me into cannabis, specifically the company that I am affiliated with. We want to make sure people feel like they have space to take up in this industry, especially those disproportionated by the war on drugs. So outside of that, more of the systematic procedures, um, I always say there's not a normal day in the life with cannabis. I'm here to make sure that everything's running smoothly. Every minute's different. I used to say it was like every day is different. Um, cannabis takes that to a whole new level. But I think that with the hustle and the passion that people have behind it and protecting the passion behind the plant is what allows teams to be successful because there are a lot of cannabis companies emerging with this market as more states turn on that green, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very excited to play a role within a retail operation that um, respects the journey of how we got here and how we are going to properly and respectfully navigate forward. That's very well said. Thank you for, for sharing that. Absolutely. We're glad to have Elevate in, involved in, in the work that NCIA is doing at the national level. And I can, I can appreciate your role of uh, keeping the trains running on time and playing air traffic controller, which planes are landing, which are in the air, which are taking off. Uh, somebody's got to do it. So uh, there's there's a, a lot of bright minds in the industry for sure. So thanks for your contributions as well. And we're going to talk a bit more uh, with you after our first commercial break. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. 
All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore with NCIA, and we're talking with Cassandra from Elevate Cannabis. So let's let's dive into talking a bit about your role and some of the values you are instilling within the company culture and perhaps how company culture within the cannabis industry looks a little different than other industries. We might have a little bit more fun than the accounting industry. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they get down. Who knows? What are your thoughts about that? I love that cannabis accountants definitely do. Um, no, <laughs> I, I would, I would absolutely agree. I think that the culture of cannabis, I, I want to protect the sanctity of it and why we are doing what we're doing in this space, not just because of the hype of it turning into a federally legalized market. So I think what's unique about the culture is that despite it being very chaotic at times, there's lots of red tape, there's multiple roadblocks, but that resilience at the end of the day, when you're with your team, the passion, whether you are a consumer or you just believe that people should have the freedom to pick how they want to treat different ailments or different things that they could be struggling with, that core fundamental value I see as a common thread with the relationships that I've been able to build in the industry. I also think for us, for me, authenticity is huge with it being an emerging market. We're right in the middle, so to speak, with all of the states that are taking either minor or major steps towards legalization. I think that there are still people out there that are wanting to make genuine connections through producer to retailer to the the finance. Our our CFO works on a program called Dope CFO, and she trains financial professionals on how to work with cannabis clients because that's just not something that we have at the ready. So I think that that hustle, that idea of being pioneers together, that grit just grains us all together, so to speak. So that culture is really what drives me day in and day out, despite the different things that may pop up, because there's going to be a lot that happens or things that you learn every day with different developments, different things that we're finding in studies and all sorts of things. So I love that. Like I said, in the beginning, I thrive in chaos. And I do think that that's the common thread between a lot of us. Very, very hardcore hustlers. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I, I definitely see a culture of uh, even competitors in the industry. We still have this sentiment or commitment to educating each other, to lifting each other up, to helping newcomers navigate their learning curves. 
to understand this very, very fast paced industry. Um, it, it, I'm going to make the dog years joke. One year in cannabis is seven years in ed, any other industry. If, if you haven't heard it, you'll, you'll hear it all the time. I, and, I love that one. Oh yeah. That's it's good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's real. <laughs> so, and, and you're absolutely right about those, those challenges and roadblocks and some days can feel absolutely like a roller coaster. So having an authentic, passionate team, I think, is very key. And honestly, back in the earlier days of cannabis companies, uh, as adult use was just kind of coming together, or maybe still medical, you know, I've heard stories of startups hiring friends and family, uh, rather than going through formal recruiting and hiring practices, because it was just a different time. Um, and maybe hiring friends and family worked out just fine. Maybe it was a great match, but in other cases, it certainly caused some issues down the road. So hiring is a huge component of the success of that cannabis company and that, that cannabis company culture that you're talking about. Is that right? Absolutely. 100%. Hiring is huge. For me, I... I kind of compare myself to Marie Kondo, just the tidy up, very, things have to be anal. And I, I want to, I want to accept that. Um, but hiring is huge just to start off on the compliance portion. Like they always say not to mix business with pleasure. Um, that, that I take with a grain of salt, but when it comes to hiring with cannabis, you have to think of all of the different regulations, the different liability that not only happens on the business level, but also on the employee level. So vetting each team member that we have is absolutely crucial. That being said, we operate personally on a diversity policy. Um, this could mean BIPOC, women, LGBTQA, it also is a strong emphasis of bringing on team members with nonviolent cannabis offenses on their record, because that simply to me and a lot of us does not make any sense um, as to why they could not benefit now that things are moving forward. So I think all in all, the vetting process does have to be intense. That's not to say that you can't have friends and family that do amazing. It's just, they should go through that same fair process that any other candidate would. And I think that you can find candidates in so many different ways. I said at the beginning, I was a little nervous to even try in the cannabis industry because you have to know someone that knows someone. And that, that I'm proof that that is not the case. I think it takes a level of passion, again, that common theme of hustle, but making connections with people that align with what you're trying to do. Um, we want to be highly inclusive and we want to be generous and we want to to dominate in the cannabis industry. So that happens on Indeed. I think it can happen at so many different levels. So the hiring process, and also just to um, shout out student MMJ on Instagram, they're an amazing organization that is working with different career workshops and bringing light to this very important part of the cannabis industry and making sure that there is space for all different types of backgrounds, creeds, and 
belief systems within this industry because that's what truly makes it special. Yeah, absolutely. And and gosh, record expungement for those nonviolent cannabis offenses is something NCIA very much supports as well. I want to switch gears here a bit. Um, I want to talk about some maybe some external cultures, uh, external community cultures that cannabis companies might run into when you're working through licensing, build outs, fire codes, zoning, the list goes on. You recently got to shepherd one of these processes from beginning to end, and you got some firsthand experience at dealing with local municipalities and just how widely those experience could can vary. Can you tell me a bit about that? Oh, yeah. You you covered all of my favorite things. Licensing, build out, <laughs> fire codes. I am actually in the process um, It starts with contractors, architects, and then they are doing all of that fabulous work on writing up the codes and the zoning, but making sure that you are formulating strong relationships with the local municipality is truly key. Um, All across the nation, different areas are legalizing as a state. I'm trying to stay as on the pulse, but again, things are always changing. Just as an example, um, I have seen red New Jersey. There are certain towns, areas that may not be as accepting to cannabis being in their area. So you have to know that no matter where you go, you want to make a great impression. And I do think that that starts with formulating those relationships with the town municipality. That's the police, fire department, making sure they're invited to your grand opening, town leaders, because when you have that support, you have the community support. And for us, community is everything because this one cannot happen or function without the other. So doing so in that way will just longer set you up for success. That's great advice. Thanks for thanks for sharing that experience. Um, yeah, that's certainly come up before as a sentiment about not don't hide from the local police. Don't try to operate, you know, under the shade there. Like get out there, introduce yourself, make some friends. You're right. Invite people to the grand opening. <laughs> I love that. That's great. All right, let's take our last commercial break here, and then we'll come back and wrap up our chat with Cassandra from Elevate. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Yeah. 
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm Bethany Moore with NCIA, chatting with Cassandra from Elevate. I mentioned before that your company uh, has become a sponsor of our DEI program um, and is an evergreen member as well. Um, So I, I think the involvement in especially your evergreen membership um, is is about stepping up and getting involved in policy change and about having a seat at the table uh, when these new regulations, new policies are being written or adjusted. Uh, Elevate seems to have a a strong voice, um, not just in running your business, but in influencing policy. Would you agree with that? I would. That is what drew me to Elevate. And I like that you mentioned the ever. we are evergreen members. I love that NCIA offers the varying levels of membership. I would say that absolutely, we want to take advantage of each sector that NCIA specializes in. So be, having access to all of those different virtual networking and educational seminars and committees is such a huge asset to the education of our leaders. And I've mentioned, we want them to feel like if you don't want to be a bud tender your whole life, get educated, keep hustling. You can own your own dispensary one day, like whatever it is that makes your light shine the brightest. And so I think for that, I love that portion, the meet and greets with different members of the cannabis community through NCIA. That just, I can't say enough, the networking opportunity of that membership, it just is completely streamlined. I am also a numbers person. I'm very data-driven and I love the BDSA platform that it comes with your NCIA. So I'm dipping a little bit more into the marketing and business resources, but BDSA is the most granular data platform that shows the entire nation of cannabis products, what has been top sellers. It is just, oh my goodness, I could spend all day on that platform and it really (laughs) helps you. Um, It helps my managers. It helps our intake managers uh, figure out what the next product is going to be trending, what we need to move away from all of these things based on product types. So that definitely had to give a shout out. Um, for the BDSA platform. And then as we've been chatting the whole conversation, the policy and advocacy. So being able to get in touch with congressional figures, have those meetings, take part in those different summits and be a part of that is huge. And that all comes within Evergreen. But again, as I mentioned in the beginning, you have different levels and at each level working with NCIA, there is such an obscene amount of benefit. So I am very, very happy with being an evergreen member. 
Awesome. Thanks for that, Cassandra. And, you know, it's it's been a while because of the pandemic that we've been able to host some of these smaller networking events like the Cannabis Caucuses and the Industry Socials, but we're looking forward to going back on tour, as it were, in 2022. But we are excited to get back to our trade shows later this year in Q4. Starting in September, we're relaunching our award-winning trade shows, starting with the Midwest Cannabis Business Conference in Detroit. So that'll be September 22nd and 23rd. Um, Then in December, uh, we are hosting our Eastern Cannabis Business Conference in Baltimore, Maryland. And then just a week or so later, go into the other side of the country for our seventh annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo in San Francisco. Uh, so we're we're thrilled to get back to the expo floor networking and the in-person educational panel sessions with with all of the great minds across NCIA's membership. Uh, so there's still expo booth uh, space left at all three of those shows as it's still pretty early in the year here. So if your company is ready to come out of your COVID cave syndrome, get back out there. Okay. <laughs> do some do some fist bumping and elbow bumping and toe tapping it. and uh, yeah I don't know I might hug a couple people we'll see so <laughs> but yeah we are just thrilled so you can learn more about all three of those conferences on our website and they each have their own website as well so oh gosh so so excited looking forward to seeing you and and Shayun at our conferences as well and. I'm also really sad we weren't able to host our lobby days in Washington, D.C. last year or this year, but um, our government relations team in our Washington, D.C. office is already thinking about next year. Uh, It's absolutely my favorite event that NCIA does, and I know it's probably going to look different after the last couple of years that we've had, but can't wait to get back to walking the halls of Congress and having those conversations with congressional offices again as well. Ugh. Lots to look forward to in the future. And I appreciate you being on the show today. Cassandra, where can people learn a bit more about Elevate? Ooh, you can learn more about Elevate at elevatecannabis.com. That's E-L-E-V and the number eight, cannabis.com. And you'll also find us on all social media platforms at Elevate Cannabis. Perfect. Thanks again for being on the show. And thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.